All right, but we didn't want to spoil the uh, 9-2. to two. Uh, Terrific victory. Big game against Edmonton. I'll tell you what. We're all excited about Edmonton. St. Louis last night takes care of Edmonton. Doug Armstrong, the St. Louis Blues are in the wild card race and are a wild card team along with the LA Kings if the season ended today. What a story of a team that admittedly said that they were in a rebuild process, got rid of some of their marquee players, so to speak, and now find themselves in a playoff chase. It is, uh, should we call it the Matt DeFranks effect? (laughs) (laughs) For those that don't know, Matt DeFranks used to cover for the Dallas Stars. Um, He used to cover the Stars for the Dallas Morning News, and he moved on to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So, yes, that's a great call, Sean. That's a great call. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, that's, the Blues are, like, if I had told you before the season, I don't think you would have believed me if I told you the Blues would be ahead of Nashville, Minnesota, and Minnesota right now in the standings. That's, uh, and it's, it's funny too, because it's a team who, they, they went through a coaching change this year, so they've had a little bit of that new coach bump, but they've also, it's, this has now gone on longer than just being a new coach bump, right? This has also been like, there's been some sustained, sustained growth, some, some, the team has gotten better. Um, like they, I mean, they were so bad before. <laughs> like they went from being a team that was downright unwatchable to being, um, to, to being way more intriguing now. Like yeah. they still don't score a lot. They still don't score a lot of goals, but now they don't give up as many goals. Like it is, uh, just a team where like they're what at 60 points now with, 60 points now with after 53 games, 566 point percentage. Um, they've got a four point little, a four point cushion over Nashville and Seattle. Yeah. About 28, with, 29 yeah, games left for everybody. Yeah. With the game, with the game in hand, like um, they're not, they're not catching up to, to the, to the top no. three in the central. That's not happening. But all of a sudden you're looking at a spot where, we could be looking to the Stars Blues playoff series. To yeah, start. yeah, no, absolutely. Or <laughs> Stars LA Kings and the LA Kings once again have rebounded. Um, mm-hmm. You know, got that coach bump, yeah. so to speak. Uh, they're playing good hockey uh, with a win in New Jersey last night. And, you know, it's fascinating. I was looking at the Western Conference wild card standings and, and, and I know they might fade, but then I look at a Minnesota winner of four in a row. So does Bill Guerin. You know, does he still want to sell or does he, you know, keep? Does he want to add assets? Seattle is starting to play much better. A win in Boston last night, who the Stars will see on Monday. That's a massive win for the Seattle Kraken. They're also entering the wild card chase, and you have about a five-point difference between out or in, and this is going to be interesting as we creep toward the NHL player uh, trade deadline as far as buyers or sellers because there is that short window where, you know, if you just stay the same, that's fine. But, you know, you could get some serious assets from trading some of your guys or you could pick up assets and say a playoff run is important to me. I'm going to try to sneak in. Yeah, I'm really fascinated um, right now with, I don't think, 
it's Minnesota and Cal in the West, Minnesota and Calgary are the most interesting to me on this, on this front because, um, and both of them have, um, pieces that are, would be of high value and, uh, of, would be of high value to some other teams. And the big one is with Minnesota first with Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, you've got a lot of teams right now who would love to have Fleury as maybe their new number one or that veteran guy that helps smooth some things over, right? Like um, the New Jersey Devils, right? Yeah. They need a goal. The New Jersey Devils need a goalie. The Carolina? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Carolina is an interesting one because they've got a couple under right under wraps right now. But it's um, you have um, um, who else here? Like you look at the you look at Edmonton. I know Stuart Skinner's been better, but for the right price, would Flurry having bringing Flurry and help help with that? what about the Avalanche? Because like Gorg- Georgiev is playing too many games for the Avalanche, and he hasn't been good, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's been, it's almost, uh, it's like it's almost laughable actually how much Georg- Georgiev has played for the Avalanche and hasn't, and his and what his numbers are. Like it's kind of funny to see. Um, so like, could you see Flurry move within the division to the Avalanche? Um, the you've got. And the other one too is it kind of got nixed. I I heard it kind of got nixed this weekend, and there were reports that it got nixed and all that stuff because Markstrom doesn't want his name out there. But at some point, the Flames here are going to turn. We talked about Yaroslav Askarov as the next number one in Nashville. In Calgary, um, Dustin Wolf is ready. Like that's one where Dustin Wolf is ready to be the guy in Calgary. He's a great young goalie. I love watching him play. And Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar are there right now and kind of blocking the way. And I personally, if I'm, if I'm Calgary and I have my druthers, I, I, I think at some point you're going to see, even if it's not a trade of a goalie, I think we're going to see Calgary make a goalie move, maybe even internally where you uh, right now they're carrying uh, eight defensemen right in Calgary. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Calgary moves one of those eight defensemen to the minors to open up a roster spot and goes to a goes to has three goalies on the roster because Dustin Wolf is ready and you could have having the way Markstrom's playing and then having Wolf play the games Markstrom doesn't that makes Calgary that that turns Calgary further into a team that could really maybe chase down St. Louis here so um, it, it's it's a interest it's a fascinating race because like in the West you've got Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago. Those are your four. You only have four like guaranteed sellers. That's it in right. the West. Yeah. And Arizona has a bevy of right-handed defensemen. Yeah. And you have same thing in like similar thing looking out east where you have probably only about four guaranteed sellers out east too, between Columbus, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Montreal. And then you can start having your discussions about Washington um, about what they are and what they aren't. And so it's going to be a market where some of those teams are going to get way more for pieces than they should. And it's one where I wonder if you see kind of a team. And I always talk about Philly when we do this, but 
because they keep kind of just hanging around there. Like a team that's got the chance to sell, but is still in it at the same time. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, um, like for like Philly, I always go back to the Sean Walker example. And I think his price has gone up, unfortunately, for what it's going to cost for Dallas to get him. I think he may be now kind of flirting with the first round pick type territory. Yep. Um, but a team like, um, like if you're the blues, even that's a type of team where you look at some of your assets and you're like, okay, is there a place where we can take replace an older player for a younger player or something like that? A move that helps both that isn't necessarily selling, but also helps build the future window at the same time. I wonder if we see some things like that at the deadline this year. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do trade deadline shows with you. I mean, yeah. I, I love that time of year. I love free agent yeah. frenzy and I love trade deadlines because well, it just, it's, you know, like no yeah. other league, Sean, out there. I, I mean, it's just so fun to see the movement and it's just constant throughout the day. It's, uh, it's, it's also the spot too where different teams have different objectives, right? Of where they're going, right? Yeah. And, um, this brings me to like the Chicago Blackhawks, right? And obviously they get um they get Connor Bedard back last night Great and everything see. is yeah, it, it everything is building around Bedard and everything, but like um that team 31 points right now, four point cushion for dead last. Um aren't going to pick worse than probably there's, I mean, I guess the worst that they're, they're in a spot where they've almost locked, they've, they're pretty much locked into a top four pick already. Um, because even if the other, even if they don't win one of the first three lottery spots, they're going to be fourth. And I mean, that's a team where geez, Gavin, like I've paid a lot of attention to this draft class coming up. And whether it's, I mean, if Chicago wins the lottery and gets Macklin Celebrini, it's going to be really bad for everyone. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really bad for everyone. Uh, but even some of the other guys, like there's um, like, you talk about fighting their franchise defensemen. Um, here's a kid playing from Michigan state right now, Artem Lushenyov, who is probably going to go second or third. That's a player from a star's perspective. You don't want to see him in Chicago every night. Um, even Ivan, uh, uh, Demidov, I think is his name. If I got it right, if I got the Russian right, who's playing over there? No, I haven't seen him in person playing because he's in Russia. Um, there's, uh, like there are teams like Chicago's going to sell at the deadline too. And they're going to make sure they go even further to guaranteeing their building for the future as well. Like, um, I mean, at some point, right. Someone's going to trade for. Like it just feels like the Blackhawks are gonna trade a a guy like a uh, like a Tyler Johnson or a uh, or like a Colin Blackwell, guys who probably typically wouldn't have much value at the trade deadline, but because of where we are and slim pickings or who's selling, people are gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get more for that guy than I should, and yep. it's just gonna go into the, the arms chest of for Chicago team that's got geez they already have i'm looking at their cap friendly page right now chicago gavin has two five they've got seven picks in the first three rounds of this year they've got 
five picks in the first three rounds next year and five picks in the first three rounds in 2026 already. Yeah. Them in Arizona are really like uh, really busy. Yes. You know, uh, I just wanted to say you mentioned the draft and I'll once again mention Quinnipiac's goalie (laughs) who is not a top goalie prospect. Vinny Duplessis, who was named, used to play for Boston University. He was just named as a Mike Richter um, finalist, which is best college uh, goalie. Um, They picked 10. And 20 games played this year. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, 20 games played. uh, 1.92 goals against average. 918 save percentage. They're one of the top teams in the country. I just don't understand it, but. Be interesting. Are you, are, is this is this your is this your are 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 you trying to get Scott White to listen to our show? Is yes. This, is this is this you? Is this you? Uh, you yes. you trying to offer your options for? Hey, these are the guys who uh, come April. Yes. I think the I think the Frozen Four. Thank you. April, I think the Frozen Four is April eleventh this year, I believe. Yep. And so, is this kind of your like, hey, uh, Scott, if you're looking to. Add a guy on a PTO and an AHL deal for the rest of the year that you could probably get in there on April twenty on April twelfth. Uh, you should is this is this your pitch here, Sean? Thank you so much for allowing me to read my letter that I have right here, which says, "Dear Mister White, forget what I said about Julius Honka. There is a goalie from Quinnipiac University I'd like you to see." <laughs> <laughs> it happens, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it, it happens. But I was right on Robertson. I was right on Ottinger. But then again, we all were. <laughs> so, hey, listen. It's easy, it, it's, easy to, it's easy for us all to name our wins. So, And we only mention our wins right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to – I only have a couple of minutes. Do we want to – get to Columbus or do we want to focus on Columbus next week or when we go around the NHL? Let's talk more about Columbus next week, but I will say my one takeaway from Columbus, and I'm actually writing about something for my weekly column for over at EP ringside for Saturday on this. It's the one weird thing to me about Columbus is how John Davidson still has a job because um, as even though he's in the hall of hockey, all of fame as a broadcaster and obviously did a great career for that. Like, all the big decisions and the big head scratching things Columbus did this year, they are were all signed off by the president of hockey operations. And Yarmo Kekalainen basically took the fall for it. Um, and the fact that John Davidson hasn't really taken the heat for that is fascinating to me. I so agree. I, that's that's so no, absolutely. All right. We'll talk about that next week and more. Wow, what a big week for the stars ahead, Edmonton and then Boston, and then the New York Rangers, and Carolina's coming up again in Carolina, so it's a big stretch, but so far, really nice job beating Carolina and beating Nashville last night. So support Sean at Sean Shapiro on Twitter. You want to follow him. Uh, We Win Here is the name of the book that we mentioned. It's a terrific read. Father's Day is right around the corner, so you could support Sean by buying the book. Also, you can sign up for his Substack, which he gives all kinds of analytical information. He mentioned an article that he's going to post, and that's at Shapshots. So don't forget about that. He also writes for EP Ringside, and you'll also see him at D Magazine. So for Sean Shapiro, I'm Gavin Spittle. Thank you one and all for supporting and listening to Spits and Suds. We will be back tomorrow after the Edmonton game to talk about the game, and then on 
following that, we'll release a Boston Bruins preview. So a lot of podcasts coming up right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.